Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee, and I beg pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Friday to you all. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we're on our last day of our Mariathon, our fall Mariathon. And um, it's been going very well, aside from that uh, very weird start on Monday. But we've picked up steam and we're doing well and we're we're charging to the end of this uh, Mariathon. So continue to help us and support us. Today, for this program, uh, I have... Uh, 1400 in matching funds if we can come up with that match and I've got seven books that I want to put out there if you can uh, donate $200 we will give you one of these seven books it's called get us out of here it's written by Maria Sima who I believe is a very holy saint in heaven at this point she died about 10 years ago and she received the souls in purgatory uh, most of her life and spent her whole life as a suffering soul that offered up everything uh, for these poor souls in purgatory and also would work with her local priests to have masses said and of course she prayed many rosaries and all sorts of uh, penances for these souls so I'm going to speak a little bit about her book It's I think it's one of the greatest books I've ever read and it's easy to read She's she writes simply and um, it's fascinating because uh, we get an insight into the supernatural that we normally wouldn't have. Now, I must say it's private revelation, so the church doesn't force you to believe it. It's not the scriptures, but it is. Uh, it seems plausible to me. And in fact, the foreword of this book was written by none other than Father Slavko Barbaric, who was the uh, priest in Medjugorje for so many years that shepherded the six visionaries until he died on Cross Mountain um, a few years ago. Uh, very holy man. In fact, Our Lady in Medjugorje, the day uh, after he died, said, your brother Slavko is with me in heaven. So uh, I think it's the only time she has uh, confirmed that somebody was in heaven with her other than the canonized saints and angels. So, um, you know, he's a canonized saint. He happened to believe the book was a powerhouse of information and uh, a good source of teaching us how to pray for the poor souls. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Seven books, $200 pledges to get one of these books, and we have matching funds up for the whole $1,400. So dive right in if you can, 888-408-0201. Or go to radiomaria.us and hit the red donation button at the top center of the page to donate online or you can mail a check in of course you'd have to call and let them know you're sending the Thanks. check uh, for us to, to hold one of the books all right so let's go into purgatory it's often misunderstood several of the uh christian denominations out there don't even believe in it they challenge it um so let's let's talk about it i would 
this is my own personal opinion if there wasn't purgatory heaven would be fairly empty because you would have to not only be forgiven of all your sins when you die but you would also have to have made all your reparation on earth before you die I don't think many people do that particularly in this current generation I think the idea of penance falls to the wayside for a lot of folks particularly those who don't even go to church anymore so they would have the bigger issue if you're not going to church and you're a Catholic uh, and you're not and you're missing your Sunday obligation that's a mortal sin so you you wouldn't even be in you know <laughs> if we didn't have purgatory a lot of people would not make the cut for heaven let's just put it that way and it is scriptural for those who would challenge it because uh, we know that um, the Maccabees, Judas Maccabee, uh, was praying for his uh, deceased brothers after a battle they had, offering up um, prayers uh, for those who had died. It's in 2 Maccabees uh, chapter 12. And uh, what it says is this. In doing this, he acted in a very excellent, noble way, and as much as he had the resurrection of the dead in view for if he were not expecting the dead to rise again it would have been useless and foolish to pray for them in death but if he did this with a view to the splendid reward that awaits those who have gone to rest in godliness it was a holy and pious thought thus he made atonement for the dead that they might be freed from this sin um, and that's what we're talking about um, the men who wear the, the pagan amulets during battle and got slayed down Anyway, there's your scriptural reference to purgatory. The bigger issue, I would say, um, about purgatory is um, what do we know for sure? Well, we know God created man that he might possess the beatific vision in heaven. So those who die in the state of enmity toward God are deprived of this happiness forever that would be the people who go to hell but between the two extremes of heaven and hell are people who neither estranged from God nor wholly dedicated to him when they die what happens to them so the response of faith is that nothing defiled can enter heaven we know that from Revelation 21 27 and so anyone less than perfect must first be cleansed before they can admit it to the vision of God now over the centuries it's become something of a symbol of uh, the Roman Catholic Church uh, this idea of purgatory but you know it makes sense to me if if you are going to stand before God in his perfection and glory you do not want to come to him um, in a way that would be in any way offensive you know and we know God loves us but we're talking about coming before the throne of God in heaven um, think about the way he established his throne on earth in the Old Testament and how you know people were struck dead if they weren't ritually cleansed before approaching the Ark of the Covenant and you had to be a priest and all that so let's not even go there the uh, this, this is a teaching of the church it's not up for debate and so we know her, that purgatory does exist so the poor souls of purgatory still have the stains of sin on them this means two things so first of all it means that the souls have not yet paid the temporal penalty due 
either for their venial sins or for the mortal sins that was forgiven in on earth or it may also mean that the venial sins themselves which were not forgiven either as to guilt or punishment before death um, they need to be have amends made for and so we should distinguish between the expiatory punishments that the poor souls in purgatory pay and the penalties of satisfaction which the souls in a state of grace pay before death so there's two different things happening um, the question I have my my biggest question that hasn't been answered by the church emphatically is can the poor souls pray for us we know we have to pray for them they can't pray for themselves they can't merit anything else after they die, after we die it's the the clock stops can we pray for them a hundred percent we must pray for them in fact but can they pray for us that some of the saints say yes some of the saints say no um, so we don't know for sure I would say always err on the side of uh, magnanimity of, of uh, generosity of spirit um, St. Padre Pio believed they could pray for us uh, as did Alphonsus Liguori who were pretty big heavyweights in the church um, we would uh, we would know for a fact that if you do pray for a soul in purgatory and your prayers get them to heaven that then that that person that soul would pray for you the rest of your earthly life because they would be so grateful that your prayers got them to heaven that they would be praying for you uh, until you got home to heaven too so just think when you get before the throne of God at the end of your life and if you have been devoted to the holy souls in purgatory you will have a great cloud of witnesses waiting for you in heaven that will be there to cheer you on as you enter the gates the pearly gates of heaven they'll all be waiting along with your relatives who have also made it there uh, to cheer you and thank you for the prayers and penances you did for them isn't that wonderful? And the more that you get in, the more prayers they have for you. So I think it's just such a, it, it, this is how God works. He likes his family to work together, all components of the family. So we have the church triumphant in heaven. We have the church militant on earth. We're in a battle, if you haven't noticed. And then we have the church suffering in purgatory. And they all collaborate together to work to build up the whole body of Christ. That's how God does things. He could do it all on his own. He chooses not to. He likes to collaborate. He's a big collaborator. And so we've got, you know, not just the saints, but also the angels who are great collaborators with man. So all of this goes into the factor, okay? So let's get a little bit into Maria Simmer and the book, which is, as I said, absolutely fascinating. Um, I've read it more than once. It's that good. Okay, so it appears that um, Maria's mother also had a great devotion to the souls in purgatory. Uh, and this could be where she developed this great love for them. Um, and she was, although, you know, she was 25 when she first started having souls appear to her uh, in her home at night. And that started in the year of 1940. 
she says I quickly knew that this was what God wanted me to do uh, the first soul came to me when I was 25 and until then the Lord had me wait she wanted to become a nun uh, I think three times she tried to enter a convent and, and all three times it didn't work out and she was a little bit uh, perplexed at why God was uh, not allowing her to enter the convent but it appears he had a, a, a very unique ministry for her in this um, ministry to the poor souls uh, so she says this about the, the people that come to her um, first of all why her she said she really doesn't know why she was chosen for this ministry she said she always wanted to give her life to God and therefore prayer became very important to her and she prayed uh, a lot and did things uh, for the poor souls throughout her young life then one day she also made a vow to Our Lady to be a suffering soul, especially for the poor souls in purgatory. So she thinks that might have something to do with it. When you know, when you promise something to Our Lady, she runs with it and, and she gets things going and puts it into action. The other interesting thing about her is she only attended grade school up to the age of 12. So her, her, her education stopped at the age of 12 that's when she left school for good uh, so when she was asked what exactly purgatory is this is this is the response she gives so she says it's a place and a condition that every soul experiences when it still needs to do atonement and reparation for sins that it committed during its lifetime before it can join Jesus in heaven uh, she says very little is taught about it today and when little is taught about purgatory it leads far more people in becoming curious on their own and without any spiritual guidance they can stumble so easily into occult practices so uh, if you're gonna research purgatory make sure you go through Catholic sources do not Google uh, souls of the dead because that's gonna take you into all sorts of strange practices uh, some people say purgatory is only a condition she says this is partially true uh, because she says it is most definitely also a place and it is also a time for waiting where the souls yearn for God and the yearning for him is their greatest suffering all the poor souls experience this no matter at what level they find themselves so there are levels in purgatory she says there's three main levels in purgatory and she's experienced the souls that need relatively little for their deliverance into heaven uh, and she believes this is for two reasons first is she says I experienced something when I was called to a house by the owner who had just lost his wife recently and there were strange things happening at night so I agreed to go there and see if I could help him uh, immediately loud banging and thumping started down the hall and she says what she normally says to the to the whatever the disturbance is what can I do for you with that the noise just only became louder and louder and uh, a huge animal appeared and she goes into this whole uh, story of sometimes things are represented by animals so she can get a greater understanding of the sin area that they're purgating and in this case it was um, a giant hippopotamus which she says represented for her um, 
I believe it was great hard heartedness and in fact the woman was in uh, a, a very long many many year dispute with another woman in the village and never forgave her so there was a hard heartedness there uh, who knows at least in publicly but maybe in her heart she she had some change of uh, mind as she was approaching death who knows but it was a 30 year battle with this other woman and in this way Marie was given to know that she had to pray for her hard heartedness so then she's asked this question what are the difference between the higher and the lower levels of purgatory so this is her, her answer in the lowest level Satan can still attack the souls whereas he can no longer do that at the higher levels it is true that we are tested while here on earth and that testing stops with our death however the souls in the deepest third of purgatory must first suffer away the sins that they committed before our prayers and our masses and our good deeds can be beneficial to them and a part of that suffering in the deeper levels is that they continue being attacked by Satan um, this is an interesting thought because frequently as a priest I read prayers in the sometimes in the liturgy sometimes in uh, specific consecrations and I've even texted some of my brother priests and said why does this prayer ask for protection for the deceased from the devil how can the devil affect someone who's already dead unless they're in hell and uh, frequently the, the, my brother priests have responded that you know they, they weren't sure what that meant because I don't think this is taught but clearly somebody knew it uh, in centuries gone by because it is written into many of the prayers that the priest prays for various uh, different things and consecrations and, and uh, protections and medals and whatnot so the many levels of purgatory are different in the same way that all our earthly illnesses are different uh, one can be a mere irritation of a fingernail while another can consume the entire body like a fire this fire exists only in the lower levels of purgatory but not in the higher ones so then the question was asked can our prayers block Satan from attacking those in the lowest level of purgatory she says yes they can and especially when we directly ask Saint Michael the Archangel and the other angels to do that so isn't that interesting you should be invoking your angels to ask their assistance with the souls in the bottom levels of purgatory to advance them out of there so they can be protected against any attacks of the devil uh, within the three main levels there are more levels there's a very large number she says because every soul is so very different when it arrives there there are great sufferings and there are lesser sufferings and everything in between there's probably as many levels as there are souls because no two people are ever identical now here's another very good question when the poor souls suffer do they experience joy and hope in any way yes they do because no soul ever wishes to return to earth because they have a realization of God that is very much clearer than ours is here they never want to return to the darkness that we live in on earth isn't that fascinating uh, they prefer the sufferings of purgatory over returning to earth because at least there they know they made it you know once you get to purgatory no matter what's going on you know you're in you're getting to heaven one way or another 
so here's a question that's fascinating so god puts the souls there to cleanse them of their sins not yet atoned for and repaired she says no this is so often taught incorrectly and false teachings such as this can so easily turn people away god does not put them there the souls judge and then assign themselves to the appropriate level it is they who wish to cleanse themselves before they can join god and realizing the specific truth about god's love for us is very important so there you have it i've often given the example of um, a newlywed young couple you know 20 year olds and then the, the 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 husband gets called off to serve in a war in a faraway country and he's there for a year and there's no latrines there's no bathrooms there's no uh, razors to shave with there's no deodorant and he becomes like a caveman over the course of the year and then he's given leave to go home and visit his wife and so he calls and says I'll be home tomorrow well he arrives home and he's looking like Cro-Magnon man and smelling ten times worse and he looks at his beautiful bride and says just give me an hour to prepare I, I'm so disgusting at this point I don't want to touch you and he goes up and he shaves and showers and bathes and clips his inch-long fingernails and puts on deodorant and, and comes down. And now he's ready to embrace his lovely wife. This is the same with the souls in purgatory. There's such a great love and a higher understanding of God when we get out of this life that they would not dare to try to embrace him with any stain of sin on their soul. Doesn't that make sense? makes perfect sense to me now are the sufferings in purgatory greater than those we suffer on earth well all in all she says they are greater and sometimes very much greater especially in that bottom third they suffer more spiritually than we do when I asked a soul she says what he suffered there he told me that it was a very particular suffering for example a father who was too lazy to work for his family and then suffered here because of him had to work a great deal here in purgatory the suffering from that will be much greater than the body would suffer from appropriate work on earth but our sufferings here on earth despite being less severe are worth so very much more to erase our sins than those in purgatory so did you hear that when we do penance on earth it holds much more gravity and depth and breadth than the same kind of penance in purgatory. Purgatory is harder. So you do not want to go to purgatory. You want to go straight to heaven. So do not reject the crosses the Lord gives you in this life. They're there to purify you and burn off your purgatory time. So I haven't even gotten into the, the, the souls visiting her, but they all come to her. Uh, not all, but the many, many come to her. Now, this is a key point. Uh, what exactly is the difference between your experience, this is an interviewer speaking to Maria Sima, and that of mediums or psychics who channel the dead? So this is in bold letters. She says, if the public believes only one thing I say, I want it to be this. The difference is very simple and very clear, and we must hold to it with all seriousness. What happens with spiritists is that they think they are calling the souls of the deceased, but if there is any reaction to their calling them, it is always, and without exception, Satan and his agents who are responding. 
Spiriters, mediums, and channelers are doing something extremely dangerous both to themselves and to the people who go to them for advice. They are living an enormous pack of lies. We are not permitted to call the deceased. That is strictly forbidden. In my case, I never call on them. Never do, and I never have, and I never will. Jesus permits this through his holy mother. So she sends the souls to Maria. Maria does not call on the dead. And she's saying we must never call on the dead um, for information. If you remember, Saul, uh, King Saul called, went to a, a witch, the witch of Endor, and he had her summon a Samuel from the dead. Now, it appeared to be Samuel, but maybe it was an impersonator. I don't know. Um, I, but it's in the Bible, and it, and it was not good news for Saul. He was told he'd be dead by this the, the next day because of, uh, his God was so displeased with what he was doing. We do not conjure the dead. We can pray to the dead that have made it to heaven and ask for their intercessory prayers for us, but we do not conjure the dead. So, you know, we pray for the dead, but we do not ask them for information to advance our own state in life here on earth. Very dangerous. This is what a lot of people are doing all over um, Hollywood. It's a big thing among the rich and famous. Many of them have conjured demons to advance their state in life. Uh, they will all have to pay for that. and It won't go well for any of them unless they have enormous conversions before their death. Um, so that's where we leave you today. This book, that's just the first 10 pages. My gosh, there's a whole, what does it go to? 338 uh, pages beyond that. Um, fantastic book. Get us out of here for those who can pledge $200. There are seven of these books, and we have matching funds to make it even more robust uh, in the offering to Radio Maria. So call us at 888-408-0201. Oh, people want me to keep talking. I wish I could. I have two exorcisms today. One is about 55 miles north of me, and then I have to go back down here to one about 40 miles south of me. So I'm going to be on the road a lot today. The first one's at 11 a.m. Central Time, if you could keep me in your prayers. And uh, the next one follows whenever I can get to the one in the south. But thank you, and I know you will pray for me because you're the most wonderful uh, group of people, you, you Radio Maria listeners. And um, I think we've got uh, almost 800 bucks of that. 1500 has already been matched. So there's still a few books out there. I'll leave it out there for the next uh, half-hour show. And um, please do pick this book. It's fantastic. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And thank you. Have a great weekend, by the way. And thank you for your loyalty to Radio Maria and Our Lady. This is her ministry, her station. And God bless you all. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, I'll talk to you on Monday. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off. 